You're listening to Fortnite Podcast with your host, Too Loud TX and Monster Defense. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. I'm your host, Too Loud TX, and of course, here with me today, the man, the myth. Well, he's not really a myth because he's right here in front of me. Mr. Monster Defense, what's going on, bro? Hey, man, we grinding. It's FNCS weekend here in the Fortnite community, and you know we're working harder than ever. Bro, so, I gotta man, ask you, who are you griefing? Time. Who are you griefing in this FNCS weekend? Oh, I'm griefing Epic because I'm taking over the shows. I'm doing it. I'm griefing Epic. I'm going toe to toe with them this week. Oh man, it is. Uh, it's a lot of griefing going out out there, and we're going to talk about that monster. I got. I got to touch on that a little bit. Uh, but as always, if you aren't following us, make sure you are following us at the Fortnite Podcast on Twitter. But it's been a while since we've had a guest. A few weeks, Monster. Uh, we've been busy talking about all the drama, talking about all the things. But last time I was in Atlanta, I ran into a friend of mine, and she's joining us today. We have an amazing person joining us. She is a variety streamer, a YouTuber, has over 33,000 followers on Twitter, on Twitch, 8,000 on Twitter, and growing. You may have known her from one of her awesome videos showcasing some Fortnite victory rails or behind the scenes in her vlogs at Call of Duty events. You can even comp a Valorant beta key. That's right, people. If you want a beta key, you can go hang out in her stream and get one because they've been following the past couple days. But my friend, Cheeky, what's going on? How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. That intro is actually pretty sick, not going to lie. <laughs> oh, it's even better when we edit it because I put like sound over it and it's incredible. So don't worry. It's unbelievable. It's so yeah. cool. I love that. <laughs> That's so awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Let's uh, let's jump in before I start asking you guys questions because I know a ton about you. But <laughs> who would you like summarize? Who is Shiki today? Who are you today? What What is Shiki? What what is she? I'm a, I'm an object now. What yeah, is she? That's awesome. What do you do? What do you do? Um, I'm a variety streamer, content creator who just loves to bring good vibes and have fun, and just I just love making content for people. Pretty much playing any game and just bringing some laughs to people. Yeah, you talk a lot of, to me, and obviously the people that surround you, they know about the vibes that are around Shiki and how fun it is to be around you. But I I, I got to ask you how how hard is that to transfer in stream every day? Um, not gonna lie. I literally been working a lot with my stream recently, like developing a schedule and developing like, okay, these are my days off because I've just been so like grinding content, mm. not taking days off ever, unless I'm like super sick or traveling for like the COD events. So now that I actually have a schedule, I'm able to like, you know, protect my mental health a little bit and also just like keep the vibes as genuine as possible. Cause I don't feel like I'm forcing myself to be super entertaining. I could just be me and have fun and be happy and that just makes everybody else comfortable in the atmosphere while they're watching my stream too. Monster, you've gone through some of those struggles growing a stream for many years. Like, uh, what, what, I mean, can you talk a little bit about maybe how you got into that mode, how you finally settled down and maybe put some parameters? Yeah, no, I had the streamer fear early on where I was like, every day you got to be there because you know, if it feels like if you take a day off, suddenly you're going two steps backwards. Like, start you know you, you have it's, it's just called streamer fear it's really hard to explain but you it's the fear of losing something and after you get over the hump you kind of realize hey when you build an authentic and genuine community man they're going to be there with you no matter what um and that's where the breaks come into play and that's where taking the risk to travel for events and you start weighing the pros and cons and all of a sudden you have a lot more breathing room you feel a lot more comfortable with yourself in your community you trust them more to show up so I definitely feel that. Um, it took me a lot of years to get there, though. I definitely uh, was was going hard in the paint, uh, putting all my hours into the twist. Yeah, no lie. 
So um, yeah, congrats to you for, you know, understanding and getting to that point. How hard has it been, Shiki, during this like quarantine time that we've had? Honestly, I stay home regardless because <laughs> I'm like, I'm a streamer, but it is hard like with food because I get so hangry. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to like wait for like groceries and like either we have it delivered to us. Or we have to like plan a day where we can like just go get groceries and cleaning supplies. Other than that, it's been honestly like fine. I have noticed my stream and my audience have like changed up their schedules because they probably have messed up sleep schedules too. So like, even though I have a really bad sleep schedule, like theirs are so off of mine. It's just a complete change in the stream atmosphere. But I feel like I'm like kind of like trying to tie everybody in together and try to have those positive vibes over and going through like a rough time, like as a whole and the whole world. So I'm just trying to be like a positive vibe as much as I can and just, you know, have fun. Like I said earlier, like I really, really depend on my stream as like creating an atmosphere. So for me, I feel like I'm trying to be a role model in a way, no matter what age or gender. I'm just always like, I'll even talk to like guys and girls in my chat, like, okay, you want to play? Like I'm playing with more viewers, more like, you know, because yeah. I don't want to hold back like, oh, like be a sub or be a mod or whatever. Or you have to be a streamer to play with me. Like, I don't like doing that. So I like to play with like viewers too. Yep. Um, If I've known them for a good a period, good amount of time. And then, you know, so they could feel like, you right. know, hey, we're all going through this together. Yep. Might as well just help each other out with good vibes. Well, how did you get into streaming and and YouTube and and becoming, you know, basically a content creator? How'd you get there? So I like have a pretty weird, harsh past. And I was going through a rough time a lot growing up as a kid. Um, and I would actually watch a lot of YouTube videos to help me go through it. Like besides like the basic, like, oh, school is stressful as yeah, it is. Yeah, like yeah. I was bullied a lot in school so I literally didn't have any friends and I was like well better for me I could just focus on my grades it's fine I don't get caught in trouble that I shouldn't be get you know getting into so ended out like working out for me because I started realizing what I wanted to pursue at a really young age and obviously like that was a hard conversation with parents and friends and they didn't really understand that so as soon as I turned 18 I started grinding out a lot of content and you know, I watched Valkyrie a lot growing up. That was my first streamer I watched. And I loved how genuine she was and how open she was about like anxiety and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, if I want to be a streamer, I want to do it the right way and display like my personality and be real and have fun while also having those moments where I'm in just chatting, talking to my chat about like, hey, like, it's okay to have anxiety. It's okay to overthink sometimes. It's okay. You know, we're all going through a rough time. Like it happens type of thing. So that's like what pretty much got me into it, to be honest. Monster, you you went through some struggles getting up and, and, and streaming as well. I mean, what is it like to, number one, end up getting to a place like you and Shiki where you have an audience, you have people, and 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 kind of like managing that, like that responsibility as well? Yeah, I think uh, I think everyone has a different journey. That's the crazy part about, you know, just breaking into the world of sharing and sharing your story. Um, you find that you'll naturally start to one gravitate towards, but pull people in towards you that can relate to you. And that's how you build your community. Um, it's really, it's a thing when the outside world says the chat is a reflection of the streamer. It's really what you build it up to be. And that's why every chat room and every community is so different because so much, uh, so much every streamer has to offer. Yep. Yeah. Well, as a female streamer, there's other, some, there's obviously some other obstacles you have to overcome. Uh, and yeah. you know, you hear about them, we read about them, but like, you know, we, I don't even know if we've talked to a single female streamer on the show in 107 episodes. So I got to ask you, like, 
for you and being a content creator, being a Fortnite player, right? That's, there's some other things mm-hmm. that come with that. But how how hard or, or what is you did you anticipate the difficulties, should I say, as a female streamer? And, and has it been that tough for you? Um, to be honest, I feel like I got really lucky with just dealing with trolls more <laughs> than somebody like threatening me in a way. Right. But of course, those trolls can get out of hand. So I would just try to ban them or time them out and be like, hey, like this doesn't really bother me. I get that you're trolling. Like I'll literally have a conversation with them in chat because I don't know that they're still in the chat, like in the viewer list. I'd be like, hey, don't take this personal. But if you do this to another streamer, like they might not react the same way I'm reacting, letting you know, like this is not right to do this. Um, obviously, there's going to be those, you know, like immature ones that, you know, say like, oh, go to the kitchen or something like really like sexualized things like that. And I don't take it to heart. I try not to obviously in the beginning, it's really hard, but I kind of like just dealt with the fact that like people are going to say something people in life are always going to say something to you. And growing up, like it kind of helped that I got bullied at a young age because it made me have thick skin. So like now on the internet, when people talk like crap, I'm just like, okay, like cool. You're just (laughs) bored. And I'm just going to keep doing me like, Good for you. You found a new pastime, but you're not gonna you're not gonna do it on my stream. Sorry, like I'm banning you. So I definitely dealt with it. Um, definitely noticed it when I played uh, Fortnite because that's such a big popular game and so many eyes are on it. So a lot more people would be coming into my chat. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's mostly trolls. I try not to let it get to me. I try to just be like, okay, they're bored. They're just trying to right. Like that's their own version of fun. Like cool. That's your perspective. But <laughs> I'm just trying to like get a victory royale that's all i right, care about you right. know? so yeah well, that's basically what, it what was the first game you streamed actually a lot of people don't know this i streamed rainbow six siege on xbox when i started out all right and it was under a different alias and then i moved to cod and, and cs and then that kind of fluctuated a little bit because i was playing like bo3 bo4 and then uh last year i really grinded bo4 because i took it very like competitively and i was like all right I'll play Blackout. I'll go back to Fortnite, I guess. I've always been back and forth with Fortnite because like the building would kind of like make me overwhelmed a little bit because I was like, I'm not used to this and it's new. But then once I actually like buckle down and be like, okay, I'm going to learn this. I'm going to try to edit and crank 90s and being creative. I was like, okay, like this game is fun. It's just a challenge. That's all it is to it. And it, that's what makes it fun. Well, you mentioned Fortnite. What got you into Fortnite? What made you start thinking, hey, you know what? I really want to play this game. Was it just everybody playing it? Um, for the most part, yeah, a lot of people were playing it and I just liked how different it was and how much like growth it was giving to a lot of smaller streamers and big streamers all around. And it was connecting a lot of people because there's so many different ways of content you can make with it. You could do creative, you could do, you know, they had like the single player mode for a long time that nobody like really talks about. I feel like, you know, cause everyone's like, Oh, like play pubs in arena. Right. So there's different ways to go about creating content. And I really liked that game for that. So that's why I kind of like push myself to be like, okay, let's try to crank some nineties and make some content. So yeah. yeah. Monster, we've talked about the, the saltiness the past couple of weeks, but how about what she just said in the fact of what Fortnite has done for so many people, including she right? Like help you grow your community, right? How yeah, significant has that been for them? Everyone knows Fortnite is an opportunity or was a really big opportunity, especially when it was on its explosive growth coming off the gate. Um, amongst all the salt and the hashtags and all the stuff you guys heard last week, there was still the hashtag that came right after it, which was thank you Epic Games. So um, yeah, it was both sides of the fence. People love it. People hate it at times. And no, for without a doubt for content, this is like a content creator's dream. It's a game that has just unlimited updates and crazy stuff that you can always look forward to. 
And then of course there's the money aspect where for the competitive scene, I mean, Hey, they're taking care of you guys. Even if, uh, if you guys aren't the, you know, the happiest, there's a lot of money to be had. I mean, look at this weekend. There's tons, like literally millions of dollars on the line this weekend. It's crazy. Oh yeah. It's, it's, insane how much money has been thrown at Fortnite, obviously from every angle including right streamers and and what's happened with with communities and the growth and everything else do you think monster that 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 peak of streaming is is going down as uh, far streaming as, the game like as far as like I, opportunity to like grow a community in the game I don't think so. I think with every content creator now looking to other games and other spaces, more room in the ecosystem of Fortnite opens up. There's just so much landscape up for grabs. Uh, there's so many different ways that you can express yourself within Fortnite. And there's not enough positivity, in my opinion, within Fortnite. So I think there's so much room for just good stand-up people, genuine people to continue to, continue to break space in Fortnite. I really do think so. Yeah, I think last week we talked about how you know, uh, some people publicly have kind of said they've walked away from the game a little bit, right? Tim, the tap man, uh, I think Dr. Lupo basically, right. And, and courage, they've all kind of walked away from the game as their game to play or to go back to, I'm sure they'll probably go back when big updates come out, things like that happen. Uh, but for you, Shiki, like when you see big people step away from that game, does it encourage you or discourage you to, to go back and stream Fortnite? I mean, how I see it from a concert content creator point of view is that, when you stream a game for so long, eventually you gotta, you're going to want to try new things. So your audience is so used to seeing you play that game. So they're demanding so much content and content and content from it, which is a good thing because that means you have a dedicated audience who loves what you're doing. But I mean, eventually we all need a break for something. It's like a little kid eating candy. Like they're going to get sick of it. They keep eating it every single day. So yeah. I think content creators are just taking a step back at this time of Fortnite, where like Fortnite needs to obviously do some improvements. Every video game is, you know, has improvements. There's always room for improvement. Yep. So I think they're just taking this time to explore other games because one, it's a good mental break for them. And two, they just want to explore different opportunities or different content. I feel like there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. So I feel like it doesn't discourage me or encourage me. Actually, I'm like in the middle. I kind of just respect that they're doing that. And there's days where I want to play Fortnite and there's days where I want to just chill and play something else, you know? Yep. Yep. No, I completely understand. I, I think uh, part of those groups of people, right, that watch those big streamers, they still want to see Fortnite. So I'm curious how many of mm -hmm. them go and support other Fortnite streamers. I, I think that would be the biggest interest to me if I could like really get statistics on Twitch is like how many people are dedicated to this one person but would like to just watch Fortnite otherwise and they either do it and they go support somebody else or they just so, oh, oh well, I'll, I'll just ignore it and it's not really what I want to see, but I really like Tim. So I'm going to watch this. Well, here's what I can add to that. I've been through many different game transitions over the years. And what I will say, being a top, let's say streamer in a certain game myself and experiencing that moving away from that game, someone will fill that void. The hundreds of viewers that I had in that game that I thought, or that actually transferred with me, eventually just went into some other new name. Like I can go into old game categories where I was like crushing it. And I thought like, oh, this game's over. You know, it's kind of dying, yeah, lose yeah. interest and I move on. All of a sudden you see still new channels hitting hundred K in these old games. And like, you know what I mean? Like just blowing up or yeah. growing with an old new space. So hundred percent, they will move on. Some do grow with the content creator and, you know, continue to move on. But there is going to be that trickle down. There's going to be space for more. I remember watching in the Destiny days, uh, a lot of people, big names, left the Destiny scene, right? They went and started streaming other stuff. And I would go back, and all of a sudden, the people that were like mid-tier are now top-tier, right? They're That's like, it. they're all up there. So, you know, you know, if you go back and stream Fortnite, 
you know, and, and maybe you stay consistent. I'm just saying, maybe there's some good opportunity for you to grow because as we heard last week from my eight-year-old kid, there's a lot of kids coming up that are going to be watching Twitch in the next couple of years that will be looking for Fortnite content creators. So you can, you can rest assured that if you are sticking with Fortnite, it is not a bad thing to do. Uh, and there's still definitely some success to happen there. Um, I got to ask you though, Shiggy, you've seen the dedication to, you know, how hard it is to be a YouTuber, how hard it is to be a streamer, right? And, and, and the struggles yeah. of just going through that. But the other part of you is, and I mentioned it, is that you are also a girlfriend to a pro player. So you have the balance of life of your content and what you do, but also supporting content and a pro player. Cause he doesn't just pro, play pro games. He also is a streamer. So what is that life like? How, like, how do you guys balance that and in a relationship, you both streaming and having content and both having these goals and aspirations? I feel like not going to lie. Every relationship goes through like it's up and downs and miscommunication, just like any mature relationship. You just really got to rely on your communication as best as you can. Obviously there's some nights where he will stay up way past when I get off my stream or my content creating time and he's up and I'm like, bro, you got to go to sleep. <laughs> um, but I would never take that away from him. Cause I understand that's his time. And yeah. we are in an apartment together. Like we're already living together. Like we're both serious about relationship. We have so much time. We're so young to go on dates or spend our, you know, life together or whatever. So it's like, I get that right now it's just, you know, working hard. And then like in the future, we'll be able to play hard, you know, by traveling and going on dates and stuff like that. So I really respect him and how hard he works. I honestly just more like from the aspect of like a caring girlfriend, I just want to make sure like he's healthy. So I would tell him like, Hey, like, you know, don't stay up too late. Like you have to scrim tomorrow at this time. So, you know, I want you to make sure you get good sleep and have time to, you know, drink water and eat breakfast and brush your teeth and shower and stuff like that. So it's like, for me, it's more of like a caring aspect. Like I want him to be healthy and his mental health type of thing rather than, Oh, hang out with me. You know, yep. obviously there's times where I'm like, you know, just cuddle with me, you know, and yep. watch Netflix. Like, you know, let's have fun. Um, but I get it. Like that's his time. And yep. like streaming for him is like his break in a way from scrims, yeah. but he's still creating content. So for him, it's like, he's, killing two birds with one stone in a way, you know, he's like, oh, this is my time to, you know, cool down from scrims, but this is also me getting better at the game. Cause I'm putting hours into it and I'm creating content. So right. it's actually three birds with one stone, you know? So, yep. you know, I get it, you know, but like I said, like in any relationship, like if you communicate, like that's the best thing you can do. Monster, how be important honest. is it to have somebody like you have, right? Like she has somebody, uh, her and Preston, but you and Alex, I mean, Alex supports you all the time. And your content, how important is it to have that partner that, you know, is there supporting you throughout it? Yeah, it's definitely uh, a lot easier when it's just one less thing I got to worry about, right? Like I could just like focus on me, do my thing. If I'm like, if I need some coffee or something, she's there to back me up and and we try to work our flow like that. Um, a big reason why I run the schedule that I run, and I wanted to ask you, do you guys try to match your schedules? A uh, big reason why I do like a morning schedule as opposed to like an overnight type shift or something like that is because it just allows you to live a normal, right? Quote, unquote, normal life to the outside world where I can attend an afternoon barbecue or an evening family get together if I had to or something like that. So I wanted to ask you, do you guys run your schedule to match each other so that your free time opens up hopefully around the same time as well? Um, yeah, I definitely, since like, you know, I've been talking to a lot of amazing people and they help me, you know, create a schedule for me. So I definitely, um, talk to them about like taking certain days off and you know like what's a good time to start my stream and stuff like that 
So what were you going to say? I meant, I meant more so with your boyfriend. Like, do you guys try to stream at the same time so that when your free time opens up, you can hang out together? Or is, do you guys have like colliding streams where they, you know, overlap and probably take into your free time? Well, that's what I was like getting into. So basically, like, even though I started taking my days off and stuff like that, I made sure my schedule kind of like when he it's around the time he ends his scrim. So like when I start my schedule, my stream and it's around, he's like, he starts his stream or he's ending his scrim. It's like the perfect timing. Cause we stream around the same hours. So we both get off at around the same time. And like, we'll be able to cook food together and like, you know, like go to sleep or like play Uno or something, you know, before we go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Uno, so even, <laughs> so yeah. So even when my, uh, stream schedule changed, I still made sure it was around the same time where I have time for me and. I have time to be able to like hang out with him too. And he has time for me and vice versa. So you, you mentioned, yeah, definitely. You mentioned scrims a little bit, how like living with him, right? Knowing him before you live with him, right? And dating him before you live with him, but now you live with him. How, how much time is, was it eye opening for you to see how much time a pro player puts in on scrims and like what they actually do? Yeah, definitely. Like when we first were like, when we first started dating and we were long distance, I literally just stayed on FaceTime with him for hours and he would like mute and unmute and be like, okay, I'm going to start my map. So for me, I'd just be like, oh, this guy is just playing a lot of video games and he's just grinding. Like what is going on? But actually like seeing it and like seeing him at his setup and playing and talking to his team and scrimming, it was definitely an eye opener for me but I've always respected that he worked hard. You know what I mean? So it was like a little bit of an eye opener to the point where like, Oh wow. Like this is serious. And obviously I knew that, but like seeing it is like, Oh, he's putting hours in no matter how how many hours approximately a day is he putting in being a pro player? It varies with this kid. Cause there's some days where he wants to stream for like eight hours right after he plays like, like for six hours of scrims. So it just varies with him and how he's feeling. Do and, they, do they know, scrim like six hours a day every day? I think so. I'm round, I'm like estimating. I'm pretty so sure it's six hours. The reason why I'm getting at this monster, and I'm curious if you know this answer for some of the top tier Fortnite players, what are the hours of scrimming that they're having to put in to be here? I mean, like we said, Preston's put in six, roughly whatever he is, give or take six hours a day as a pro player for Atlanta phase. What, what are pro players doing in Fortnite besides just playing the game or playing creative? How many scrims are they playing a day? Yeah, no, 100%. So I run a lot of the scrim discords and we run ladders from a certain time of the day. And the ladders in its own, just a certain elite ladder will run for four hours consecutive every single night. And um, we have a very strict schedule. Like you have to play in them or you will fall behind in the ranking. If you don't come up with like some kind of excuse, you'll get removed from our practice. Um, so you're talking every night, you got to put four hours into that just minimal, right? That special time block, yeah. not including your free time, your warm up, and just like, you know, the, the time that you want to play to actually conjure up strategy to then employ in scrims, et cetera. So yeah, no, the hours, the hours are crazy, man. Um, I, I wouldn't be able to do it personally. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I don't pursue comp. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying, <laughs> I, I think a lot of people look at it and they're like, oh man, I want to be a professional gamer. But the thing that no, I've yeah, learned hanging out with Shiki and Preston and some of the other people around COD and then obviously some of the people around around the Fortnite community is like, this is actually real work. This isn't like, hey, I get to play and I'm just really good. This is like, crap, I don't feel like playing six hours today, but I have to play six hours today because it's my job. Yeah, and and it's stressful, right? Like losing for six, basically think of it like losing for six hours a day, guys. You're not going to win every scrim. Believe that. Yeah. Um, a lot of frustration comes with it. You got to learn from your experiences. And dude, that's what, that's what scrimming and, and practice is all about. That's what it is. That's what it takes to be number one. Honestly, it's the hours. 
got to put the hours in. Well, I definitely feel like, oh, sorry. I no, didn't go ahead. Cut you off. I was going to say, I definitely feel like I was thinking about it more like, and another eye opener for me, like with Preston was when I try to pursue playing competitive in Call of Duty last year, because I would play scrims and then I would, you know, stream it. And then I would try to do tens with, you know, top amateurs. So that was definitely an, also an eye opener for me, but like I've also became friends with like the pros in the COD scene and in the Fortnite community. Like I'll talk to Fiber, like for example, and I'm in a Discord one of with one of his friends, and I'll be like, oh, like tell Fiber I said hi. He's like, nope, he's scrimming, he's gone, he's he's on a time, you know, he's on a time schedule, and I'm like, I literally don't even get to say hi to my friends sometimes. <laughs> but like you know, but I get it though. Like I see that with my boyfriend. So when I see that with my friends, I'm like, you know, I just I just support that. You know, I just like root for them. Like I'm happy for them that they're working so hard. Yeah. It is definitely hard work, I think, to get to where you are. And I just, that's why I wanted to highlight. I think it's so interesting because it is an eye-opening experience as I've been more around the scene and I think as everybody does and they come around, they're like, holy crap, the hours people are having to put in. And then when you add on top of it, streaming, right? And doing doing the things that you guys do to create content is just absolutely unbelievable. Uh, and I have to ask you, Monster, like when when can you as a pro maybe turn around and go like, Hey, this journey that I'm going down is the right path or it's the wrong path. Like I should just give it up. Oh, it takes you to that photo where it's like the guy digging through the mine and right in front of him is the gold. And then the other guy, you know, is turning around like, no, I'm going to give up. So you never know when you're going to catch your break. Um, one of the things of being a content creator, like you all the time, you look to your left and right. So you see people achieving new stuff all the time. And sometimes you wish that too, and you don't ever want to give up. Sometimes that's motivation. Sometimes it's a demotivating yeah. factor. Uh, I think people that are in a good and strong, healthy mental state and have friends that can uplift them and they're working hard with, they have more motivation to continue to go. So you never really want to stop. You know that there is the opportunity there. Another thing to be a competitor though, is you believing that you, you know, you're one of the best. You just have to win a tournament, right? It's to prove it. And people find that opportunity. They get it. They chase it. They chase it for months, sometimes years, tournament after tournament. But when it comes, it comes with a high tide for the most part. So a lot of people chase that high tide. Yeah, I remember uh, Psalm's story, right? I mean, Psalm's hat was in hots and he didn't have all the success he wanted. And then all of a sudden he comes to Fortnite and second place in the World Cup, right? Or it's just yeah. a nasty story, right? He, what, what, second place at WSOE too? Like it was just nat like he's had tons of success um, and, and coming over. But I got to like, the, the last thing I want to ask you is like, as a streamer, Shiki, how do you keep up? the vibes how do you keep up your good attitude you know as you go through it and you're chasing this right and you're you're dealing with a, a pro playing boyfriend that's got it locked down for six hours a day and and you know we're locked in quarantine you can't go outside how are you keeping your vibes up um especially since like the current situation with quarantine like it's not like you can go outside for fresh air or go for a drive you know like all these things it's definitely like playing a part in my like mental health definitely for Preston too um I think just the best thing to do is just surround yourself with people who are you know as positive as they can be because we're all going through it so like I said earlier when I play on stream I play with other people that like I've known for a good like good amount of time like because I know that we're, Hey, we're going through the same thing. Like just help each other out. Like just give each other good laughs, you know, share, you know, like ideas with each other, you know, play yep. with other streamers and try to uplift, you know, their vibes too. So I think like the best like tip or advice I could say to like maintaining vibes is definitely like 
have people around you who are also positive. Like, cause if you're just positive by yourself and you're believing in yourself, like it can only go so far. Like your own willpower is so good. But like when you have people supporting you, that's so much better. I have you a, know? I have a saying from when I was a kid or teenager, should I say that? Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Uh, and oh, and there you go. And if that's you surround <laughs> yourself with people that are successful or people that are pursuing success, right? Like they don't have to be the top streamers. They don't have to be you know Tim the Tatman and Doctor Lupo. You have to like if you but if you surround yourself with with other people that are up and coming and, and trying and grinding together and you're encouraging each other and being there, trust me, if you find that group of people, it is a much better situation mentally for you, better for you. And I was going to say like, as a viewer, like, I don't think we ever talk about this as a viewer of Twitch, you have a responsibility or a viewer of Mixer. And I think a lot of times people get discouraged because they're like, Oh, I don't really watch streams. Cause I don't sit in there for, two hours, three hours, an hour, 30 minutes, right? Like I don't have the time to do that. But I will say this, like I'm not in monster stream all the time, but when I get an opportunity to jump in there and drop the good vibes, I drop the good vibes, right? Encourage him, right? Encourage what's going on. Have fun with the community. Same with Shiki when I can't be in there all the time, but every once in a while I can jump in there and say hi, right? Like I think, I just want to say like, especially as we go through this time of COVID-19 and quarantine, if you listen to this podcast and you you like Twitch and you maybe you see it or you don't, like think about people that are out there that are streaming that this is their job and you can take 10 seconds to jump in there and say like, Hey man, looks awesome. Hey, thanks so much for streaming today. Like, even if you're only in there five minutes, I think that means a lot. Does it not monster? Does that, does that actually help? Yeah, it really does. Uh, mentality is everything. And honestly, you just be surprised how your energy can influence someone's day or just make someone's day. Uh, you coming in can trigger, you know, uh, something in a, in another person. Right. Right. It's one thing for me personally, like seeing friends or, um, names that I recognize just give me a little perk up. Right. You suddenly like, Oh, sad. Oh, Troy's in chat. Like, cool. Right. Like you feel really good about that. So yeah, absolutely. Checking in with people. And like you mentioned, having friends and, and people that you can rely upon and yep. you know, people that are just on your same page, uh, definitely goes a long way without a doubt. Well, I also have, I have people that I can rely on whenever Fortnite events roll around. Right. I mean, I love the Fortnite hey. events monster i'm a super super casual you know scrub player but i still love the fortnite events a lot uh we've had like you know i've talked about it before the marshmallow event was my favorite it was my son's favorite right uh and we've you know we saw the big freaking fight that we had between i don't even know what remember what they called it with the uh transformer right and the monster right but like we've had all these awesome events but dude travis scott coming to fortnite is this legit like Astro World coming to Fortnite. Uh, I, I, does it excite you at all, Monster? I, I just I think it's just crazy because Fortnite's like the most PG thirteen game, and then they choose like John Wick, Travis That's, Scott. Yeah, yeah. Like they, they choose the craziest they, collaborations. Hey, have, what was Deadpool. the Halloween one they had that they end up not releasing stuff on? Did you did you ever catch that? So at Halloween, I it blooms like yeah yeah it like they do edgy. Was it Pennywise? Um, was it supposed yeah, to be Pennywise? Yeah, like Pennywise. I was waiting, I was waiting for that, and it never happened. Yeah, I was like, wait, what? Those were the leaks. Those were the leaks. You know, they they jumped to the conclusion. But no, yeah, Fortnite, man. They, they, you don't know what they're gonna bring to the table. Um, I just, I find it to be funny. That's my, that's my own two cents. I, I think it's hilarious. They're the most PG, they're like the most PG uh, company, but they, they work with like anyone. Yeah, you yeah. don't know who oh, they're gonna God. work with. Uh, it's kind of awesome. Shiki, what about you cool. as a content creator? Is like having things like the Travis Scott concert excite you to go back and play Fortnite and jump into those things? I definitely think so because I'm basically making content for 
both like casual players and competitive players, you know, like I'll post my arena gameplay or my victory royale. And that's like, you know, for competitive people then, cause they like seeing that they like learning strats. They like, you know, seeing how other people play, but like for like main, like big game events like that, like, I literally remember when I was at a COD event and all my friends had their phones out because they were watching the big monster and the Transformer fight yep. like in Fortnite. Like even though we were at an event, we were still excited to see a virtual event. Like Fortnite is so like good and smart with getting like, you know, different license, like Stranger Things. I love Stranger Things and yep. the fact that they got, you know, the portals and Mega Mall, which by the way, I really miss Mega Mall. <laughs> um, it's just like really awesome Mega that Mall. they're, yeah, it's just really awesome that they're able to do stuff like that for casual players. And like you said, like how Monster like mentioned, like the whole PG, you know, aspect of it. That's really cool because they're bringing younger generations into, you know, kind of like slowly into a mature, you know, aspect of it. Right. You know, like Travis Scott and Deadpool and stuff like that, which is I feel like it's not really a bad thing. You're kind of exposing young kids to like different, you know, artistry, like you know, Marvel comics, DC comics, those yeah, licenses were sure. really awesome. Stranger Things, you know, now music. Obviously, Marshmallow is, you know, more PG than Travis Scott, I feel like, <laughs> but it's still pretty awesome because they're making it, they're making content where it's like anybody can relate to it. So I feel like that's pretty good yeah. for, you know, the casual players I, and stuff like you know that. What I, definitely. I do like about it is how no matter what it, like, it's, it brings multiculturals, right? They, they brought everything mm -hmm. into the game. So, for people that may have never heard of something or seen something, they have the opportunity to see it and hear it. Um, and then also I think it's, it's, it, it creates this cool community atmosphere where it's like, Oh, you like that? Cool. Let me check it out too with you. Right. Uh, and let me jump in there with you too. And, and so uh, I, I mean, I don't know what it's going to be monster. I don't know if you can top the marshmallow concert, but I feel like if Travis mm. Scott is doing it, he's like, I have to do it the best it's ever been. Cause this dude is a hype builder, right? Like it, it will, it seems like it's going to got to be very big for me. I have a theory. Not, not with only that. that, I was just going to say though, remember we're on a new engine before there was limitations All with right. probably what they could have right. done. Right. Like think about the marshmallow, the old engine was on a certain one. And then you look at the star Wars event where suddenly like the star Wars event, if you really think about it was like kind of bugged out. Like there was whole things like these the ships right yeah. flying through the sky and they were talking in the game in real time so we're probably gonna get like an actual concert too like him his character model jumping around too potentially in real time who knows man we know it's gonna be sick though like All we know right. it's gonna be cool uh, Monster almost... brought up a good point with the engine like Fortnite's always on top of like improvements which i like you know like with like game events or license and stuff like that's so, like my theory is like like he brought up like the whole Star Wars event and the ships flying around and all these things. Like we've seen like them step up every game event, like just beating the last one. So I wouldn't be surprised if they did a whole map change just for the concert and we're in Astral World. Like uh, I wouldn't be surprised right. at that. You drop into and an LTM just, that is Astral World. That's boom, what I'm thinking. Like boom. That'd be that'd be that would top Marshmallow's concert. Sorry to break it to you, Troy, but that <laughs> would top it because it it that's was. creating a whole atmosphere with the whole map and we're all just floating what around if it's just a location. what if astral world's actually a location on the map i think i think it is that'd be, be sick that'd be sick have you seen like the photo leaks yeah, yeah where they're falling like, from like, the sky it's coming from yeah, the like sky it's, yeah. it's coming i think i think whatever is going to happen with this event is going to actually impact the remainder of the season of the game all right um and then that's that's where that's going to be 
I heard it's hitting sweaty sands. That's the rumor I heard. I don't know if that's yeah, true. That's what but... it says. It says it's going to hit sweat, sweaty sands. That's that's what's out there. So we'll oh, see if it's a whole just sweaty sands we, location change or a whole map change. We don't have a new map until June 4th or a new a new season until June 4th. So That's so long. That's so we have, long. We have another over, what, another month and a half or so to get there, right? Mm-hmm. Well, wait, what's I don't the remember. 19th, yeah. He's an end on time, so, you know. Honestly, it's just a norm, man. Uh, season <laughs> season nine, maybe? Season eight? Yeah. Somewhere around there? It was last it's time? been a while. It's been a while. They're always pushing the boundary. Well, one thing definitely pushing the boundary, nice segue, by the way, is players, pro players, in these freaking qualifying ma- matches. Like, what's going on, Monster? For, but So I don't confuse everybody. Can you give us a breakdown of what the heck is happening with all this, like, griefing and people getting upset before I jump into, like, quotes from people? What's, what's going on? Uh, let's explain griefing. It's so funny you asked that. Alex asked me this morning. She said, babe, what's griefing? I was like, oh, <laughs> gosh. Like, okay, so, for, and this is funny because the outside person looking in is like, they see the word grief and you, you, you have an understanding of it, but how does it play in the Fortnite world? It's when a player is doing really well, really bad in the tournament, I should say. And they go and they basically attack or try to, you know, play badly, use, you know, their terrible judgment to overtop someone's other great performance. So what is happening is like these top players, these number one seated players or the best players are all of a sudden either having players land on them and affect their gameplay, affect their chances at becoming the champion. The drop spots. Um, it's like yep. the drop spots. Yeah. They're getting landed on, they're getting contested. They're getting held out. People are stealing loots from them intentionally um, or trying to force them to waste their loot so that they cannot win a tournament. It's so bad. It's so bad. Uh, I'm surprised that Epic hasn't enforced the rule that if you are like intentionally doing something like this, you don't get penalized for it. How did, how, but how would you govern that? Like, that's the problem is like, what if that's my game strategy? Here's the thing. It's a strategy too, though, because in EU, this just happened this weekend. Uh, the player Andalix and Nate, for anyone who's familiar, was going against Mongrel and Benji Fishy. They were going against each other at the same point of interest in Sweaty Sands. Long story short, in two games of the six games, Andalix and Nate qualified because they had 40 plus points in two games. Wow. They broke their own personal record. Yeah, crazy record. Um, but being that they shared the location with Mongra and Benji, they dedicated the rest of their games to make sure they, ho- they held them out of the grand finals. Which then this weekend, just now, Andalix and Nate just won the championship of grand finals for EU. So... It's a strategy to hold out the best players so that you can win. But it's also griefing because it's like, bro, did you really just do that to me? <laughs> do that, you know? So, like, really think about it. Within four games, all of a sudden, they know they're gonna, co- they're, they're good. Yeah. And this is, this is at the highest levels. This is like not griefing. This is strategy. But you know, it just shows like how this power can weigh on big money. So now Analytics and Nate have seventy thousand USD, by the way, for winning first place today in EU. Congrats to those guys. Well, Congrats. we had a we had a quote from from the old my our friend Hogman who's on LG. He says, "Not grieving Zexro, and in their last game, I'm making a statement that even though they wanted to stop us from qualifying, we won't be returning the same action. Griefing in tournaments is extremely toxic bullshit. It should never happen, and we won't be doing it." Monster, can you give some insight to what was happening with Zexro and Hogman? 
Yo, man, they were playing a spot. Uh, Zexer and uh, Zexer was just feeling super, super cocky, super confident, and they wanted to go toe to toe. Long story short, Hogman still ends up overcoming and, and like you said, qualifying and knowing that he's going to do it. And he could have like pulled a Nate and and Andilix type style or go into finals right with the intention, like you know what, I'm going to now return to favor. But instead, he takes the high road, man. He's going to he's, he's not going to entertain that. Instead, he's going to play his best games all the way through and try to you know, be the best because it's still very valuable practice. If you also think about it, it's not every time that you go into the best, the best lobbies. These are very sure. finite opportunities you have to play your best game. So if you're just going to throw it just because you can, you're also like hurting yourself in the long run. Well, the last thing I want to talk about as far as Fortnite competitive right now, because uh, I think we should do probably an FCS breakdown this week sometime, but yep. Chaps and Tfue rivalry. Uh, I just, the main thing I want to talk about is this is, when you have these two big streamers, you have these two big names out there, does it entice people to come watch? Like, like Shiki, when you hear that Tfue and Chaps are going up against each other or they're having words uh, and, they're, and, they're, and they're fighting out, does it make you want to tune in also and like see what's happening? Or are you like, uh, I really don't care. It's Fortnite competitive. I feel like because I've experienced so much with like the COD community and their competitiveness and pro players, I feel like... I feel like it's like expected when people care about something so much and they're competitive about it and there's money on the line, there's going to be some type of bickering or rivalry or whatever you want to call it. So I feel like that, I feel like that's like normal for people to have some type of rivalry. I can't even say the word word rivalry. rivalry. <laughs> so I feel like, like, yeah, it's like enticing. Cause who doesn't want to see like, Oh, like what's going on with Tifu? What's going on with chat? You know, they're both like amazing players. Like why, like whoa like why is there a rivalry I, on these like big streamers like you said you know I, I have a theory that they're texting each other in the background like hey this is the only way we can be relevant so let's compete against each other uh that i mean that's you never just me know saying, but like i mean the reality is this to me i don't i, I am curious to have the feeling and you always don't have to respond to this because i i will put my opinion out there and not care but like to me tifu like the popularity of tifu is going away like this whole idea of he's the best in Fortnite. He's not the best anymore. Um, I think I think you're so wrong now, Troy. Like, how, <laughs> I really do. Is he the best still? Like, is he considered one of the best in Fortnite still, Monster? Yeah, that that's the thing. He he has he's grossly underrated. His popularity shines over his skill in Fortnite. He was a, it's, he it's was crazy. silent at the World Cup, bro. He, he gets on the main stage. He choked like a big dog. What happened? Yeah, but that like those kind of things happen. People just sometimes just don't show up. But this like lately, Tifu in late like lately, he really has been a top dog. And that that uh, cloud of judgment that you have over him for like World Cup and stuff, so many other fans hold it too. Like they they World Cup was a big deal, and it should be a big deal, and you should be held responsible for playing like trash at the World Cup. Like yeah, you are. But at the same time, like lately. What? Although these tournaments are smaller than World Cup, they're still large in the Fortnite competitive scene. He's been crushing it. He took first for uh, his heat coming in. I think. And I think it's probably because the tournament's like, going on right now, so I don't know where he's at right now. I, I think it's a combination of stuff, though, right? Like everybody sees him getting phase, and I think at the end of the day, most people probably took phase's side, right? And then, and then, and then all of a sudden, we like we see like breaks up with his girlfriend. He he breaks breaks up with Cloaksy, which we're all like, what the heck is going on? Him and Cloaksy won freaking four hundred thousand dollars a packs. Like, what are you doing, right? Like. He, he does all this, and then all of a sudden we're like, who is he playing with? Like, what 
the heck? And then like these play people are great players. Like some of the people he's playing with are, are fantastic. I've watched some of his streams. He put, he put them on the map. He but, put a lot of people on the map after not playing with Cloaksy. Like, honestly, they made some careers just off of that little break. Yeah. I think now he's found his duo though. Like he's playing with scoped now. And like, they're on a, they're on a different caliber. I'm telling you, Troy, I know, I know you haven't been checking in, but maybe I, I, well, it's time. If, if it's time to get to, to see <laughs> that, I, I guess I'll see it. I, I'm just really curious. To check in. Yeah. I, I, I gotta ask though, as I, you know, you, you say check in part of it to me is I would guess that like for me, yes, some of the excitement of, of competitive Fortnite has worn off. We don't have the cool streams, like as far as I, well, they used to be these great productions, right? Like, no, I mean, you guys are doing a great job, but I'm saying it's not a studio production. It's not thousands and millions of dollars thrown at the line every time. You know what I mean? True. And, and so to me, yeah. yeah, some of that got taken away because of how they decided to do it. Uh, and this is just being a fan. Uh, but also like some of it is like, I go back and forth on it because I feel like the respect inside of Fortnite for a pro player in Fortnite is kind of like, uh, like I'm a pro Fortnite player. Okay. So we're like 20 million other people. Right, like that's yeah. It's it's the thing, man. I, Br one, Br the nature, the way it's all structured is so hard to follow hundred stories and respect hundred players. And then esports and Fortnite and the same sentence, you get the slasher, you know, style Twitter guys to jump out yeah. and attack you. Uh, but and that's that's all Epic's fault, and they know it's their fault, and they're they're going to be taking accountability for that. I'm pretty sure really soon, especially after seeing how supportive the community is uh, uh, with the uh, riot devs and stuff like that with the, the rise of Valorant and whatnot, they see this stuff unfolding and they know they dropped the ball. And you best believe if they, they understand they got, they got to turn into their fourth gear right now. Like they, they got to turn things around. Yeah. I think they get it. They get it. They get the power of social media and making people happy and keeping your community content. They know they've made a mistake and I'm sure they're going to step up to the ball. Well, let's hope we get Which, some patch way, notes to I, start that. Can I just say like on the, the topic of like Fortnite and interest going down and stuff, these competitions bring the numbers back. There was over half a million people already like on Twitch watching Fortnite again for the competition, not advertised. This is, this stuff is not advertised. This is pure community yeah. drive following. Yep. You can't take these mega followings away from the games. Competition is going to bring the numbers. They know that yeah, they no, got to They got to support it. I, I don't, I don't discount it. I, and as you heard last week, I don't discount Fortnite's not dying. That is not my signal at all. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> it is dying or that is going away, but it does bring me back to like, Shiki, you, you were so, so invested before Valorant came out, like every day grinding Fortnite, playing Fortnite. How, and then Valorant drops and you're like, yeah, I'm going to play this, which I don't blame you. I've been playing Deuces. it nonstop too. <laughs> so I'm, I'm right there with you. But does some of that, also play back to like how you've kind of seen the Fortnite scene go and the comp scene go and like how tough it is to kind of break into that too. To be honest, I don't know too much to have an exact statement or opinion, but I will say this, like I said earlier, every game can have improvement. Fortnite, you know, has, you know, improved on for casual players with the map change where, you know, there's like, you know, a lot of stuff going on. They section the map really well agents, you know, they really brought content for casual players. Um, there's a lot of land, you know, so they added movement with crash pads and launch pads. They start giving, you know, what people were asking for, you know, boats and stuff like that. Now I feel like it's time for the comp scene to get their improvements. Like they need a little bit more movement. Like I'm going to bring up rifts. Everybody knew where rips were. Not rips to go. I'm saying like yeah, yeah. pre-spotted rips, yeah, like season near 10 Pleasant, by the nine, hamburger. Yep. 
Yeah, by the, you know, by Pleasant where the hamburger was like everybody, it was fair game. Everybody knew where those riffs were. Everybody can fight for those riffs. It was easy for a game to fly in from the top and go to another spot. I'm not saying riffs to go because those are kind of a little bit annoying, to be honest. I feel like that oh, came. Those are awesome, that was just people in a box fight weird. and they just rip to go out and all of a sudden the yeah, engagement starts. So, that's, that's nice. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like for casual players, they have, you know, high risk, high reward, you know, for loot with the agents. But also the other thing is, AIs in arena, like where people who are scrimming, like I've been in a couple of Fortnite scrims, people who are scrimming, like I feel like that kind of like takes away from their advantage of they just want to box fight this person. They don't want to think about henchmen shooting them down, you know? So I feel like there's a time and a place for things. Arena should be taken, you know, a little bit more seriously with these improvements by not having those AIs around. You know, sure, they could have some loots, like some high loot spots, but like the amount of AI is just too much for arena. Yeah. It just takes away from the competitiveness, I feel like. Like for casual players, sure, have AI, build a story, build content, have fun, go all out. But again, for the comp scene, they need to add rifts. That's some another movement they need to add, and they need to take away AI. That's just my opinion on it, well, to be honest. It sounds like it sounds like we have got a lot of upgrades. We've had an engine change. We're about to be through two seasons, so maybe season three, chapter two, will be the chapter, will be the season for uh for for competitive Fortnite. Will they get the updates? We're going to be here to find out. That's for sure, Monster. We're going to be around and we'll be talking about it. Uh, I got to mention Valorant. We, we, we briefly talked about it. Um, I am, I'm stoked. Like, I, Monster, I haven't even told you this. I'm going to tell you this on the air. I got some opportunities coming for us, bro. This is going to be crazy. We got, we got some Valorant Ooh. things happening. Um, oh, snap. And, and I play. The, the game is so fun. I, I, I just have this, this ask of both of you. Um, and, and me and Shiki could probably, all of us could talk Valorant for another hour. I'm sure we won't do that because oh, monsters got to go, <laughs> but I got to ask you like, is, is Valorant, is this an esport monster that can speak to everybody that is easy to understand that people can jump into and catch on to without the difficulties maybe of trying to figure out like rotations or what's happening there, blah, blah, blah. Like COD is such a very good game at people that don't necessarily play all the time. Hey, there's a COD event in my city. Hey, I'm going to go to it. It's easy to see what's happening. It's understandable. But like when you talk about League of Legends, right? Like people go watch League of Legends here in America. It's very tough to get a huge crowd, right? Of hundreds of thousands of people. You go to Asia, somewhere else where the game's more popular. Yeah, because more people play it, more people want to watch it. Is Valorant going to be what we were hoping maybe CS was going to be way back in the day, right? Or I mean, it has been pretty big. Don't get me wrong. CS has been huge. But is Valorant that game? I think so. I think Valorant is so much easier to digest than Overwatch. And if Overwatch did it, got huge fan bases and people to come together for a game that was aired on TV that even now I look at, I was <laughs> like, bruh, there's like a healer and a guy with a huge shield. And I get it because I've played it. But like, if you really think about it, like, bro, that game is not easy to dissect and no. understand. And the, the terminology that the casters have to use, obviously they want to enforce it. It's not easy to get. Valorant is going to be very easy to get. It's so easy to get. It's two teams, 5v5, and, but the players, more importantly, look like humanoid characters. Right. I think that's the, the selling part there. And the fact that 
in the comp scene, I don't know if you know this, but they're, the gore is turned off. So it's going to appeal to the, the Western audiences. So, or the, the East, right? right. Um, when it goes across, it's going to appeal to everyone. It's going to be adopted into probably the Asian gaming culture and stuff like that. I can see Valorant being accepted across the world. It's built to be an eSport that's going to go to the top. And it's already has crazy interest in NA, which unlike a lot of other games, just don't get that kind of interest. Yep. Very few get the spark and then, you know, go on the explosion route. It's got it in NA. And if it gets it in NA, it's going to be taken, you know, the rest of the world is going to go to it. Kind of like Call of Duty Mobile. Yep. What about for you? The she- fire oh, yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah. Call of Duty Mobile is actually blowing up. Like that game is actually growing yeah. like crazy. Uh, the scene's growing like crazy. But Sheik, what about you? For Valorant, like how exciting is this for you? Number one. And I would say... Number two, are you going to be trying to play, get really serious with this one? I mean, just like you said, we could sit here and talk about an hour about Valorant. Like, it could just, you know, so I'm going to shorten it down. Like, I am so excited for the game. I actually, like, used to play a lot of League of Legends. I've seen how, like, Riot Games has been so smart in keeping a game, like, pretty much on top. Like, at least top 10, top five are the most streamed games, people playing it, Twitch Rivals. Like, they've given so many, like, opportunities and so much exposure so they're really smart with that so if they do that plus more from what they learned with league of legends they could definitely like take over na they already you know hit 1.3 over 1.3 million viewers in the category just with closed beta like they're already helping smaller streamers grow they're already like you know i'm already hearing some rumors about top orgs you know for valorant players like you know like it's getting so much attention i feel like some people are going to take it serious because it's Riot Games. They they know how to, you know, give exposure. They know how to keep a game going for years. You know, they've done it with League of Legends. And it's a game that's pretty hard to understand, but they've done it, you know, like even I picked up on it. So I'm pretty sure this game is so much more understandable. And like Monster had mentioned with Overwatch, like it could definitely, like I could definitely see it blowing up in NA and keep going for a good amount of time, a couple you, years. I don't know if you guys have ever watched the League of Legends um, special on Netflix. If you haven't, go watch it. Um, I think it will give you a lot of insight to Riot, their outlook on esports and what they do. And uh, the reality is, is that in the alpha, this thing is so, it's already so polished, right? It's ridiculously polished. And what I, what I can't wait for is to see like where this goes because if you come to the table with what they've come to, to me, it reminds me of like old Activision Blizzard back in the day when they would release a beta or a test or a demo for anything. It was, it's just so polished and so well done that if they're taking those measures on an alpha or a beta, how many, what are they going to do for a full release? And that's what excites me and all the tools that they make available. I mean, in this beta, we have a, a, a way to yeah, play with all the guns. You can literally go in, do shooting. You can use a jumping puzzle. Every day I challenge myself to get as far as I can on the jumping puzzle before I go play a game. Oh, I, gosh. I, I do warm-ups in the shooting. Like, literally, like, this is cool stuff, though. Like, for a new player like me who's never played PC and you have a beta like this, it literally opens the door to allow you to, like, get better. Here's the thing. The game's never going to leave beta, Troy. I'm, I'm sorry to break it to you. It's the meta to leave the game in a semi. It's never going to finish state. Just look at Steam. I don't think there's a full game that's ever been released on Steam. Fortnite's still in beta, Troy. Well, By the way, we too, talked um, about this. Fortnite's still in beta. But wait, well, like, I feel like everybody knows why Fortnite's in beta. It's easier for it to update the game without going yeah. through that whole process, yep. you know? That's so what I'm saying. If Valorant does that, like... I would kind of learning from Fortnite. I would kind of see why you know be faster with updates. You know all these things like platform, so it doesn't matter. Maybe 
But I well, just feel like see, it's now you brought up a good point. Now you brought up a good point. They're not any platform, but we don't know that because they're getting Ooh, so many. We're getting so many comparisons to Overwatch. And CSGO used to be on Holy Xbox crap, 60. Can you imagine they brought this to console? That. What this would do? I, I, I already saw a leak. Apparently, there's a leak. Apparently, there's a rumor that it's going to PS4 and people well, found league, it in the files. League's coming to console this year. League's supposed to come to console this year. I can see, I I can see not games know like that. that. I can see games like that hitting, especially we're on the brink of like the new console yep. era too. So like I can see it, man. The the technology's going up and uh, betas yeah. are hot. That's uh, that's all I wanted to say. I just wanted to throw I it mean, in there. I mean, Riot <laughs> is so smart with, and once they enabled drops for all streamers, they boosted so much more exposure. Like yep. probably double, maybe not double, you but 1.5 times more. Like you know that... <laughs> This Troy, is, Troy was in my stream. It's true. He saw it. I the vibes were a different level yep. because Riot was giving me the opportunity to bring my content out and my atmosphere. And the fact that they did that, a lot of people were tweeting out, "This is something that Fortnite hasn't done yet." So that's why there's some type of rivalry with communities of Fortnite and Valorant because right. Fortnite hasn't done something like that yet. So we gotta wait. It is interesting. Right? Monster, 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 Monster Fortnite Valorant. throws out millions, and people forget about that. They just think about <laughs> the tools that are right in front of them. I mean, that's the that's the reality, unfortunately, right? Like, no one. Listen, Troy, their attention is this big. See my fingers <laughs> for everyone at home. I'm touching them together right now. That's the attention span of your average. <laughs> like you know what? As much Fortnite. as you might have been joking, Monster, about it being in beta, League of Legends Wild Rift, right? It's it's their port is coming to console and mobile this year. So that tells me yep. the company that has been focused on PC competitive for the past 10, 12 years has been working on something, knowing that the console industry is something they need to tap into. They release a Valor and see it all. Maybe you guessed it right. Maybe they will come to console. Holy crap. But hey, you know what? I'm still gonna be playing on PC because I got a new PC coming my way, baby. Uh, That's right. That's right. That's awesome. right. Well, Man, this has been fun. Thank you both so much for a uh, you know a fun day of of Fortnite podcast, Monster. Thank you for having me. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you throughout the week? So Twitter and Instagram, ShikiXO underscore YouTube. Just follow Shiki. I'm probably gonna be the first one that pops up, to be honest. <laughs> um, and TikTok. Yep. At S dot H I K I. I'm posting some TikToks with Preston. You know, there you go. Around. So there you yeah. Go. Yeah, Shiki, S-H-I-K-I, and her Twitter, X-O underscore. Guys, make sure you go follow her. Yep. Monster, where can they find you throughout the week, my friend? As always, guys, at Monster DeFace across all social medias. This weekend's a big weekend for the practice server and FNCS comp community. So check out all the stuff we're pumping out. And thank you guys for having us. Uh, downloads at our all-time high. So I hope you guys are loving episodes. Hit us up on social media. Yeah, we'll man. Check People you guys have been out. loving the podcast. Like and retweet the podcast. For sure. <laughs> well, as always, guys, thank you so for reliching. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you shoot us a review. Shoot all your complaints. You know it. To Monster DeFace, Fortnite Podcast at gmail.com. You can always let us know what you want us to do, who you want us to have on the show. We'd love to hear it. You can follow us on Twitter. Too Loud TX, number two, L-O-D-T-X, Monster, M-O-N-S-T-E-R-D. F-A-C-E. Shiki, make sure you follow her. S-H-I-K-I-X-O underscore on Twitter. And until next time, dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales.